This is Central Parish Radio's podcast. You're about to listen to Pastor Enoch Adejari Adeboe's ministration at the 2021 Holy Ghost Congress themed The Siege is Over. Listen, pray, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Thank you. Lift your hands to the Most High God and begin to bless His holy name. Give Him glory, give Him honor, give Him adoration, bless Him, bless Him. Let Him hear your voice. Let Him hear your voice. Praise Him. Give Him glory, give Him honor, give Him adoration, bless the King of Kings, bless the Lord of Lords. Worship the I am that I am. Worship the unchangeable changer. Worship the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the ending. The one who was, the one who is, the one who is to come. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Give him glory. Adore him. He is worthy, is worthy to be praised. Worship the one who reigns forever. The one who has no beginning, who has no ending. The one who was before the mountains were brought forth. Magnify his holy name. Blessing, blessing. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. I have a God who never fails. I have a God who never fails. I have a God who never fails. Who never fails. Who never fails. I have a God who never I have a God who never fails. I have a God who never fails. Who Amen. Jesus never fails. Amen. Jesus never fails. Amen. 
you have answered in the past. We thank you because we are still answering prayers. We bless your holy name because tonight you are going to answer our prayers. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Father, tonight we have come to beseech you that the siege on our prayer life will end tonight. We pray, Lord God Almighty, that every prayer that shall be prayed tonight 
will be answered by fire. We pray, Lord God Almighty, that every one of us, even before we gather tomorrow, for the real and ultimate Holy Ghost service, that we all have testimonies. Thank you, my Father and my God. Glory be to your holy name. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Well, let somebody shout hallelujah. Well, wave to one or two people and say with confidence that my siege is over. And then you may please be seated as at 7 p.m. this evening eight children have been born at the camp. Three boys and five girls. <laughs> okay, so let the girls shout praise the Lord. And let the boy shout hallelujah. Tonight is a very, very, very crucial night in the life of every one of us. Oh, by the way, I have good news for you. Daddy told me that tonight he will be listening to you. I'm going to talk on the siege on your prayer life is over. Without any doubt, the enemy has laid a siege on the prayer lives of many people. I remember very clearly my first day in the Redeemed Christian Church of God. Very first day at Ebutemeta. I came into the church. It was a very small building built with a board of abandoned wood. I mean, I like the service from the world go. I, I love their singing. I love their choruses, even though I didn't know the wordings of many. And I was making my own joyful noise along with them. And then it was time to pray. And when the one who was to lead the prayer said, in the name of Jesus, 
the fellow next to me shouted amen so loudly. I nearly ran out. That amen can drive out a demon. So let, let, let me start by saying, God bless you. And I've shared with you the testimony of a woman who, who had a problem that she was permitting everything she had. And then the doctors couldn't find what was wrong. She came to a butter And when we shouted hallelujah in those days, it was not like now. As she was about to join us in the shouting of hallelujah, a worm came out of her mouth. And I told you, I think, was it on Tuesday? But when somebody asked me, why come so many miracles happen among the Pentecostals? I said, because we are noisy. You see, nobody wants to stay where they are praising his enemy. The devil does not want to stay where they are praising God. Let me hear you shout hallelujah. <laughs> Unfortunately, many of us have conquered. There's hardly any difference now between the prayer of a Pentecostal and a non-Pentecostal. We now want to pray like ladies and gentlemen. We, we, we too want to do everything decently and in order. This is very good. The unfortunate thing is, there is nothing all that in the happening of a miracle. If all of a sudden somebody who has been blind since birth suddenly regains his sight, you can't ask that fellow to be orderly. If the one that they told had been confined to a wheelchair for the rest of his or her life, 
regains the ability to walk. There can be nothing orderly in the way he will jump and shout and praise God. And, and somehow, 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 one way or the other, I just happen to know that God is about to surprise somebody tonight. <laughs> but let, let, let me try and be a gentleman for a while. Let's read Psalm 121 from verse 1 to 2. Psalm 121 from verse 1 to 2. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. In the name that's above every other name, health will come to somebody tonight. I'm always learning from my children. And they always say, God, this prayer I'm about to pray, give the answer to the one whose amen is loudest. Thank you. You see, the, the only help for the one who is under a siege can only come externally. In Second Kings chapter 6, from verse 26 to 27, and then verse 30. Second King chapter 6, 26 to 27, and then verse 30. In the siege against uh, Samaria. When a woman cried to the king and said, Help, O king! <laughs> the king said, I am under siege like you. If God does not help you, how can I? So many of us make a mistake of looking to people in authority to help us. 
I will tell you, man will fail you. And I will tell you the truth. Some of the people you think you are looking up to are in greater trouble than you. But in the name that's above every other name, help will come to somebody from above. I didn't say help will come from the president. I didn't say help will come from your governor. I'm not even saying help will come from your pastor. It is someone called the ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 46 verse 1. The ever-present help in trouble. We will send help to somebody here tonight. The devil knows that God said, and I told you yesterday, he knows the Bible, and he believes every word. He knows that in Jeremiah 33, from verse 1 to 3, Jeremiah 33 from verse 1 to 3, that when God said unto Jeremiah, Call on me, and I will answer thee, Jeremiah was in prison. He was under a siege. A king had said, Throw him into prison. When I return from the war I'm about to fight, I'll come back and kill him. God said to it that the king didn't return. Somebody is going to call on God tonight. Everybody behind the siege on your life will not see the new year. make such a declaration. Some people say, I, I'm cursing. I'm not cursing. You shouldn't be angry if I say that. Are you my enemy? Are you laying a siege against my life? Do you expect me to say, God bless you, kill me? Everybody who will not let you reach your goal unless they repent. They shall be uprooted.
The devil knows that it is written. If you don't ask, you won't get. James chapter 4, from verse 2 to 3. James 4, 2 to 3. God said it in his word. You ask not, that's why you receive not. Whether you believe it or not, failure to pray is a sign of pride. Why do I need to pray? I can handle everything myself. Because in that case, go ahead. Handle it. Let's wait and see. Thank God he see answers prayers. The highly developed nations of the world, and I pray that they are listening to me now. They believe that they have all the technologies, they have all the resources, they can take care of themselves, and many of them have forgotten God. An enemy showed up. An enemy that they cannot see. An enemy that before you know he has attacked you, you, you are already in trouble. And they looked at Africa. We have no resources. We have no money. The few doctors we have have left for greener pastures. And they predicted that we would be dying like chicken. But they left out one parameter. Parameter God. They left out that they are still a group of people who in their helpless estate still lift up their eyes to the hills. Say, God, help us. I hear they are talking now. We don't even know what's going on in Africa. They should know. There are still some people who can still cry to the help of the helpless. There's people who can see, say, Lord, help us. Do I hear somebody say, God, help me? I said it in January 1, this year. Or was it at the headquarters? I was telling them, please don't be afraid. The government had done very well fighting coronavirus. 
They were fighting an enemy. An enemy we can't see. Terrible enemy. I said, don't be careless, but don't be afraid. And I'm repeating the same thing to you. They see God who can see the invisible. There's a God who can deal with every evil force, seen on and unseen. There is a God who can help the helpless, provided they will call on him for help. May I beg you one more time to shout, God help me. I told my people at the airport, as I believe, you can get the tape first Sunday of January. I said, when this thing broke, I cried to God. I cried to God for the whole world. But I, charity begins at home. I cried to God, especially for Nigeria. And Daddy answered me. He told me specifically, specifically. I'm not a prophet. I'm just a pastor. But once in a while, he talked to me. He spoke to me specifically. Sir, I've had your cry. Only those whose time has come will die. When your time comes, <laughs> something must kill you, right? And I heard, it was on the news some, some couple of weeks ago, that the number of people who die by snake bite in Nigeria every year is about 2,000. That means in two years, snakes will kill 4,000 people. On the average, coronavirus has been around for almost two years now. By the grace of God, it hasn't killed 4,000 yet. Take my word for it. Don't be afraid. You won't go until your time comes. Uh, you, you can't even say amen anymore. <laughs> but once pride comes, the moment you think you can do everything on your own, you don't need God. God will say, okay. That's the way you think. We'll leave it to you. Let you handle it yourself. James chapter 4 verse 6. James chapter 4 verse 6 says, God receives the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. 
He gives grace to the humble. Jesus told us clearly, clearly in John chapter 15, verse 5. John 15, verse 5. Without me, you can do nothing. Nothing. God made you for his pleasure. I kept on saying that one. You see, he doesn't like the idea of you wanting to be independent of him. He made you for his pleasure. He wants to have fellowship with you. He wants you to talk to him when you want to do anything. That's why when Adam fell, he came down looking for him. Adam, where are you? Why are you getting away from me? God wants you to pray. He enjoys hearing you pray. I pray over everything and everything. I pray over the water before I use it to take my bath. I've told you that that's the story behind that one before. I pray before I leave home. I pray in the, my room before I leave home. I pray when I get inside the car. I, I pray. Why? Because without God, you can do nothing. Without God, you can't go from here to Lagos and return safe. And so the devil, therefore, knowing fully well that the only way you can get help if you are under a siege is to cry to God for help, he began to attack the prayer lives of our people. Because prayerlessness enables the siege to continue. You know the story, Acts chapter 12, from verse 1 to 11. Acts 12, from verse 1 to 11. A king arrested. One of the leading apostles, James, and killed him. He was a king, but there was not anybody who could do. And they saw that, oh, even the Jews were happy. So he grabbed Peter and was going to kill him too. And then the church woke up. When James was arrested, they did nothing. When Peter was arrested, they began to pray. And God sent an angel and delivered Peter. Because the church prayed. The 
the church didn't carry a placard. They prayed. What did they do? They want to siege over our nation to be over. What are we to do? I can't hear you. Oh, it is easy for us to tell the stories. Uh, this is happening there. That is happening there. But why are you telling us what we know? Why don't you tell us what to do to get out of the siege? that are hiding, all of them who are wolves, wearing sheep clothing, their days are numbered. That it is time to pray. All of a sudden, distractions will begin to come. If I say, let us discuss the situation in any country of the world, oh, <laughs> we can talk about it for hours in the night. Nobody will doze. Stop the discussion and say, let us pray. And you begin to hear people yearning after 15 minutes. The devil does not want you to pray because he knows that uh, if you don't pray, the siege will continue. But in the name that's above every other name, because we are going to pray, the siege is over. In Matthew chapter 15, from verse 21 to 28, Matthew 15, 21 to 28, when that woman came to Jesus Christ, and said, my daughter is grievously vexed of the devil. My daughter is under the siege of the devil. Help me. The disciples told the Lord to send her away. Why? They say she is too noisy. You notice that? The very people should help her. Present her case. Say, hey, the noise is too much. You're disturbing. Ah. How do you expect me to keep quiet when my, my daughter is under siege? She refused to keep quiet. And in the name that's above every other name, the energy, the grace, the anointing you need to cry to God 
until every siege in your life is over. Receive it now. Remember what they said to Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10 from verse 46 to 52. Mark 10, 46 to 52. When she was crying to the only one who can solve all his problems, they told him, shut your mouth. Don't pray. So you can remain under the siege of darkness. Don't pray. So you can remain under the siege of poverty. Don't pray. So you can remain stagnant on one spot forever. Don't pray. So you can remain lonely. Don't pray. So you can never get married. Don't pray so that you can never reproduce. That's what they were telling. That means. Batman's refused to keep quiet. It wasn't that gentlemanly kind of prayer that many of you pray now that got the attention of the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a crowd there. His prayer, his, not, his own voice was higher than that of the multitude. Father, the one who is going to shout, help me loudest. Attend to that fellow now. to note just about few points before I release you to pray. When I finish if you like pray if you don't that's up to you. When you want to pray, when you want to get out of your siege, don't cry to man. Don't ask any man to help you. Why? Psalm 60 verse 11. Psalm 60 verse 11 says, Vain is the help of man. God, send me help in trouble because vain is the help of man. Doesn't matter who the man is. Number two that we need to note. There is unlimited power in God. You know that. 
It's like you are living in a house. In the walls are wires carrying tremendous amounts of power, electrical power. Is there in your house? Tremendous amount of power. But the power is there and is useless to you unless you plug in. Your electrical iron will remain cold until you plug it in. Your fridge won't work unless you plug it in. Your water heater will remain cold unless you plug it in. God said so. Isaiah chapter 40, from verse 28 to 31. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. He said, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know that me the creator of heaven and earth. I never faint. I never get weary. Don't you know I have tremendous power that I give strength to the weak. I give power to the faint. That even if you say you're a young man, sooner or later you get tired. He said, but if you plug into me, huh? he said, they that wait upon the Lord shall do what? There is tremendous power in the Almighty God just waiting for you to plug in. You're going to plug in tonight. Whether the devil likes it or not, you are going to pray tonight. There is light in God. Just like in the house, there is light flowing inside the walls. All that is waiting for is for you to switch it on. Switch it on. And light comes. That woman said, All I need is just a touch of the hem of his garment. Mark chapter 5, 25 to 34. Mark 5, 25 to 34. The woman said, doctors have failed me. Steadily, the siege of me is destroying me. I'm losing life, a drop of blood at a time. My money is gone. But I know someone. If I can just... Get the touch. 
He touched the hem of the garment of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, ha! A spark went out. Ah, in the name that's above every other name, in the name of the one who called this Congress, you will make contact with God tonight. There is abundance in God. The bank of heaven is never closed. The earth is his, and the fullness thereof. That's what he said. All the money in the world belongs to him. All the oil in the ground belongs to God. Believe me honestly. All you have to do is turn on the tap. There's water flowing. A lot of water in the house. Turn on the tap. And you do it by prayer. You know the story, Second Kings chapter 4 from verse 1 to 7. Second Kings 4 from verse 1 to 7. That woman was destitute. She cried unto God. And until she cried, God did nothing. God sat in the heavens watching. And you know what the woman said? I am the widow of a son of the prophet. My husband feared the Lord, but he died poor. Let me with loss of death. The all-sufficient God was sitting down in heaven, did nothing because she didn't cry out for help. When she cried out for help, the man of God told her, what do you have in the eyes of just a pot, a pot of fire? Ah, that's enough. Open it and watch it flow. In a way you cannot understand, before you return for the next Congress, poverty will be gone in your life. And like I told you yesterday, you are not going to steal. You are not going to do yahoo yahoo something. You are not going to you are not going to look for wealth the devil's way to do so. If you make the money, you won't spend it. You use the money to buy a car, you have just bought a moving coffin. But the blessings of the Lord make it rich and added no sorrows. There is abundance in God. All you need to do is hmm, open it up and watch it flow. Number five, distance has nothing to do 
We just have to oppress. I can be here. God has given us so many illustrations to I can be here and phone my children in Australia. They are watching now. My children in Papua New Guinea, they are listening now. And if you are going to Papua New Guinea, <clears throat> I'm happy they, they know I'm talking about them now <laughs> because they are my friends. After you reach Australia, you still have to travel six and a half hours by air. But they're watching me now. God has shown clearly example that there's no distance where he is concerned. And you know what? He's sitting down in heaven. But his leg is here on earth. He's connecting the two. How many of you believe that God will hear you tonight? Lift your eyes to him and say, Father, help me. The same thing you need to know about prayer. Now we soon get out of your way so you can pray. Is that delay is not necessarily denial. There's a time when Elijah prayed only once and fire fell. First King chapter 18 from verse 36 to 39. First Kings 18, 36 to 39. He prayed once, fire fell. On another occasion, he prayed three times before a dead child came back to life. First Kings chapter 17, from verse 17 to 24. 1 Kings 17, from 17 to 24. Three times before the child came back to life. Another occasion, he prayed seven times. First Kings chapter 18, from verse 41 to 45. First Kings 18, from verse 1, 41 to 45. Seven times before rain fell. In Daniel chapter 10, from verse 1 to 14, Daniel 10, from verse 1 to 14, Daniel prayed for 21 days before the answer came. Because a demon was blocking the way. Every demon blocking your way will be uprooted tonight in Jesus' name. In John 16, verse 24, John 16, verse 24, Jesus Christ himself said, Just keep on praying till your joy is full. Keep praying, man. And don't you ever get the impression that you have arrived. Arrived where? What do you have now? that we want to boast about. Because one of the biggest headaches to your prayer is a feeling of, well, I'm okay. 
Okay. Several years ago, one of my pastors prayed and he died. A woman came back to life. Hey! Big man of God. He even started the ministry. <laughs> I looked at him, listen to me, my friend. You've raised the dead. Congratulations. Is that the end of it all? Have you been able to stop the sun from setting? Have you been able to tell the sun to reverse? Listen to me, my brethren. No matter how great you are now, you are nothing yet. And you remember what I told you before, and I keep saying it, but sooner or later you begin to believe it. Each and every one of you will be greater than I. Oh, you don't believe. That is true. Then where where are you now? To give you the impression you have arrived. There's nothing more to pray for. Oh, when you haven't even started. And I have not yet started. Make praying your lifestyle. Let praying be as close to you as breathing. Pray before you eat. Pray after you have eaten. Pray before you sleep. If you wake up in the night, pray. You go to the toilet, pray. And people who go to the toilet will never return. There are people who can't even go to the toilet without assistance. Pray before you take your bath. Pray before you put on your dress. That's what the Bible says. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. First Thessalonians 5, 17. It says, pray without ceasing. Just keep on praying. So what is laying siege on your prayers? Sin will be number one. The devil knows. He knows the Bible. He knows Isaiah 59 from verse 1 to 2. Isaiah 59 from verse 1 to 2. Huh. He said the hand of the Lord is not shortened that he cannot save, neither is he happy that he cannot hear. He said, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God. I've told you before, sin is an insulator. Tremendous power in an electrical wire that is carrying current. But if you wrap a piece of rubber around it, they call it insulator, a child can play with that wire without any danger because the rubber won't allow the power to flow through. Get rid of sin in your life. 
must lay siege on your prayer life. Restitution. You've done something wrong. You should put it right. Joshua chapter 7. Read it from the beginning to the end. Joshua 7 and read Joshua chapter 8. When you get home, read the two together. In Joshua chapter 6, the children of Israel just shouted and the word of Jericho fell. Mighty Jericho fell. Then they came across a little nation called I. I chased them and killed many of them. So Joshua fell on his face and said, God, this is not your promise. Your promise is that nobody will be able to stand before me all the days of my life. God said, yeah, I said so. I'm so brave. I do what I like. So I'm not going with you anymore. I changed my mind. Eh? What have I done? God said, there is sin. You come. And unless you put this right, you're on your own. Oh. <laughs> and they discovered the sin in the camp. And they removed the sin in the camp. And God said, hey, now, let's deal with I. Whatever is blocking the way to the answer of your prayers, God will reveal it to you. But then, another thing that will be blocking the womb, that will be laying a siege on your prayer life, is success, comfort. Uh, you know, when you used to sleep on a mat on the floor, you pray now. Because at night, when one side of the body is paining you, you roll over. And in the process of rolling over, uh, you wake a little bit and pray and say, God, let my tomorrow be all right. The success came. Comfortable mattress, some of them water mattress, some electrically cooled, so that when the temperature is hot, the bed will be cool. If the if the room is cold, the bed will be warm. So when you heat that bed. The next thing you discover is tomorrow morning. So then you begin to pray the kind of what I call the headache prayer. Good morning, Lord. Thank you very much. Uh, see you when I return from work. God bless this food in Jesus' name. Amen. Before anybody can see you pray. When we were poorer, we prayed. Now comfort has come. Who needs prayer anymore? 
Let's dance for Jesus Christ. I remember, was it on Tuesday? For the first time I saw big men dancing, I was glad. But yesterday they forgot it. It's the poor people who can dance. The little ones. That kind of comfort that will create a gap between you and your God, God will take it away from you. The question is, when do you want the siege on your prayer life? Isaiah chapter 55 verse 6. Isaiah 55 verse 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. He's near this week. Oh, he's near tonight. But whether you want this seat to be lifted tonight or not, it's really up to you, you know. Some of us may want to wait till tomorrow. Because we have an example like that in the Bible, you know. Exodus chapter 8. Exodus chapter 8 from verse 1 to 11. When Pharaoh was being reluctant to let the children of Israel go, God sent frogs. Frogs all over the place. Frogs on, on his bed, frogs everywhere. So he called Moses and said, all right, all right, get rid of these frogs and I will let you go. Moses said, okay. When do you want me to ask the frogs to return to the rivers? You know what Pharaoh said? He said, tomorrow. And the first time I read that passage in the Bible, I couldn't believe my eyes. This man says, I want to suffer for one more night. He said, ah, what's your problem? I'm the one suffering. Why the hurry? He said, let me pray with the frogs for one more night. Is there anybody here who wants to suffer for one more night? Finally, I will tell you just one story. And then I get out of your way so you can pray. When I became general overseer, some of you have heard the story before. It's not new. The total number of the members in the Redeemed Christian Church of God in the last convention, 1980, it's on record. It's less than 700 people. Oh God, I, I did not want to be, <laughs> I didn't even want to be a pastor, talk less of general overseer. Well, but he insisted, so I have no choice. And I wanted the church to grow. I prayed the, the, the little way I knew to pray, you know, 
I did everything I knew to do. Every mountain, I had a special seminar. I will invite people. They will come. We'll discuss for the weekend. Soon as it's Sunday, they will disappear. I was back to square one. Year one, year two, year three. And even though I was aware that there were some people, don't mind telling you now because it doesn't matter anymore, who were determined that I will fail. May I pray for you? All those who want you to fail will see your glory. I did everything I knew. The church didn't grow. Then I heard of a man called Young Cho in South Korea. He's now going to be with the Lord. He's of a very blessed memory. They told me he had the biggest church in the whole world. God, in his miraculous way, got somebody to buy me the ticket to go because I heard that he was going to hold a conference, minister's conference, on church growth, how church can grow. So I went. On the Sunday before the conference began, we went to his church to, to, to worship. The, the building was big. It would take about 50,000 people. And I heard him announcing to the congregation, my brothers and sisters, good to see you this Sunday. Please remember, you have come this Sunday. Don't come next Sunday. So that those who cannot come in this Sunday will be able to come in. Hey. Eh? I am begging, <laughs> I'm begging God to fill my little church. This is somebody begging those who have come in now to come next Sunday. And he was holding several services every Sunday. Ah. <laughs> Forgive me, I'm just telling you how I felt at that time. So he had a place called Prayer Mountain. And he encouraged us to go there to pray. It was a huge mountain. And they dug little, little holes into the mountain. So if you want to pray, you crawl into one of the mountains. You can't stand there. It's either you kneel or you sit down. And there were several of those holes surrounding the mountain. And almost every time, the holes were filled with people who were praying. So you could feel the mountain vibrating. 
by the Virgin. So we got there. And uh, people from all over the world came. And each one was supposed to go into the hole and pray. Pick a hole of your own. You leave your shoes outside so people will know you are in there. So I found a hole and crawled in. Began to cry to God. Help me. Help me. This fellow is a man, ordinary man. Help me. And I forgot myself in prayer. I was just running away in the little hole there. By the time I came out, which was a couple of hours later, all the people who came together to pray, they have left except my boss. And the reason those people in the bus didn't leave me behind was because I was the only black man in their midst. So they noticed that. <laughs> One black man is sitting out here. When I finally got there, they were very angry with me. What's wrong with you? Well, I, I said, I'm sorry. I thought we came here to pray. And they said, are you going to pray everything one day? I'm very sorry. Nobody spoke to me as we drove back to town and I was happy they didn't talk to me because I was still, my spirit was still roaring. I was still praying. God had me that day. He's going to hear you today. Some years ago I was back. It's South Korea, because we have churches there now. And I, I, dis, I asked for permission to meet Papa Yonggi Cho. I mean, those days, <laughs> you can't get near him. But somehow, I got permission to see him. We met. We agree, sir. He said, ah, Pastor Adibori, I said, yes, sir. He said, I've heard of you. Will you please pray for me? I prayed. God lifted the siege on my ministry. The tide turned. Will you pray tonight? Are you sure you will pray tonight? Well, before I give you some prayer points, but I shouldn't be giving you prayer points, I should let you do your own, but I will give you some. If you are living in sin, sin is an insulator. You need to come to Jesus Christ. Let his blood wash away your sins before your prayers can go through. 
So if you are listening to me tonight and you are here to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, this is the time to do so. And do so very quickly. Because the rest of us, we want to pray. So I'm going to count from 1 to 10, but I will count fast. So if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, go to the altar now, wherever you are. And if you're at home, stand up and let Jesus see you standing up, determined to surrender your life to him. I'm counting now. One. Six. Seven. Okay, those of you who have already come or who are on the way, wherever you are, cry to the Almighty God, please, every sin that is in my life that won't let my prayers to be heard. Father, wipe it away with your blood. Save my soul. I will serve you. I want to be your child for the rest of my life. Cry unto him. He will answer you tonight. And the rest of us, let's stretch our hands to these, our new brothers and sisters, and intercede for them. Pray that the one who saved our souls will save their souls also. Pray that God will have mercy on them. And in his infinite mercy, he will wash away their blood. I mean, that their sins with his blood. Pray for them. Pray for them, brethren. Ask God to save their souls. And if you are still on the way, in whichever auditorium you are, keep coming, keep crying to the Almighty God, asking Him to please save your soul, have mercy on you, and He will make you His child. That's His promise. He said, anyone who will come unto me, I will know who has cast out. Come to Him now. Oh, thank you, Father. Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed.
My Father and my God, I want to thank you for your word. And I want to thank you very much for all these people who have decided to surrender their life to you. Wherever they are, Lord, please receive them in Jesus' name. Save their souls. Let your blood wash away their sins. And Lord, write their names in the book of life. And whenever they call on you, please answer them by fire. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, all of you who have given your life to Jesus, I rejoice with you, wherever you may be. I would love to know your names, your address, and your prayer requests. Because I'm promising you, from now on, I'll be praying for you. So the counselors, if you are in any of the viewing centers, the counselors will give you cards which you will fill very, very quickly and return to them so that uh, we can have the information we need. And I promise you, we'll be praying for you. Now, while we are waiting for our new brothers and sisters to fill their forms, uh, those of us who are ready to pray tonight, you can put down the following prayer points. Number one, you want to thank God for your prayers he had answered in the past. Thank him for your prayers that he had answered in the past. Thank him because of his track record. Praise him now. Praise him. Because he had answered people in the past. He answered Israel in Egypt. He answered Hannah at Shiloh. He answered Ezekiah when the prophet told him he was going to die, tell God, I know you have answered people before. I praise you for that. And I'm asking, please answer me today. And then number three, Worship him. Tell him, I know all power belongs to you. I know you are the Almighty. I know there's nothing too hard for you to do. I know who you are. And they had. Please demonstrate your almightiness in my life today. Please demonstrate your almightiness in my life today. I know you are the almighty. I know you can do anything you can make the impossible possible. You can reverse the irreversible. 
demonstrate your almightiness in my life today. Then number four, tell him, Father, I know you can change not yet to now. I know it. You can change not yet to now. I then add, please don't delay my victory. Don't delay my victory. Lift the siege against me now. Number five. Father, Let the siege against all those precious to me be lifted tonight. Let the siege against all those precious to me Be lifted tonight. Number six. Father, the whole earth is yours. Tonight, lift the siege against my nation tonight. Number seven. It's your own prayer request. Tell him the areas where you want the siege to be lifted, particularly the siege against your prayer life. Ask God, revive me. Let me begin to pray as I used to do. Pray like never before. Don't let me be sleeping when I should be praying. Revive my prayer life. Lift the siege against my prayer life. The altar is open. You are free to pray till you are satisfied. Nobody is going to disturb you. Nobody is going to stop you. I will pray with you for some minutes. Before I return to my own prayer room to continue, 
You pray till you are satisfied. Ask till your joy be full. Pray like you have never prayed before. The devil knows that if you cry out, God is going to answer. And so he's going to tell you, ah, ah, you are prayed enough. Tell him, mind your own business. Pray till your joy be full. Cry unto him. Cry unto him tonight. If your neighbor falls asleep, that's okay by them. They, they don't know where you are going. They don't know what you need. Cry unto him. This is your night. Praise him. Worship him. Then present your cases before him. Thank you, Father. We hope you were blessed by this podcast. You can send feedback and inquiries to centralparishradio at gmail.com. Do subscribe to receive notification of new episodes. Thank you.